This is Delta Box 7 to base. Base over. Uh, approaching primary target uh, acquisition in five seconds. Should be approximately 30 seconds away. Ground to air, ground to air, ground to air. Hold on, I've been hit, I've been hit! The season spectacular is here. Fall Brawl 94, emanating from Roanoke, Virginia. Major malfunction in all computer operators. Each telemetry. Over. Tonight, two titles will be up for grabs as Johnny B. Bad challenges Lloyd Steven for the world television title. Stunning Steve tries to recapture the U.S. title from the fire-breathing Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Cactus Jack has had enough with the Sullivans. He and Kevin will lock it up. The loser must leave WCW. And Pretty Wonderful defends the world tag title as stars and stripes go for the glory. In the main event, the Vins will be Lord and the war games begin as eight men climb into the battlefield to take team sports to the limit in war games. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And we have entered September, Patrick. Summer is fading away. So what do you have for us from the news desk this week? Well, I would first like to make this huge announcement. I, Patrick Young, am now on Twitter. Really? Yes. What is your Twitter handle? I don't know. I need you to help me set that. Okay. Well, that would have been helpful I uh, le- to have. I legit, you're going to have to help me with that. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll... You can cut this, and then we'll put that back in, like, next week. How's that? No, I'll I'll retweet your Twitter handle from the Retro Wrestling Podcast Twitter account, at RetroWPodcast, so... You'll have to hook up the link and all that shit for the podcast as well. I will. I will take care of that for you, but welcome to the modern world. I know you're a big Facebook user, but Twitter is uh, much simpler... You see a lot less arguments and venom. You do see some of it, but uh, I think Twitter is much easier, especially if you keep it focused on wrestling or whatever. I think you see a lot less uh, negativity on Twitter than you do on Facebook. There's plenty of negativity on any social media that you use, so it really doesn't matter. Well, I have two followers already, so let's see who these follows. I am followed by Lacey Evans. You are actually followed by Lacey Evans' fake account, but congratulations. Whoa, that's not her? Yeah, that is, that's not her. Okay. No, all the WWE Twitter handles yes. are the performer's name in WWE or something like that. Oh. They're they're verified. They have a check mark near them. So they and have a check mark by them, then they're... Anytime you run into Twitter handles, one time I was so excited on uh, my personal Twitter page... I got followed by the rapper Macklemore. I thought it was, but it was Macklemore spelled with like a zero instead of an O. And uh, turns out it was just an imposter. There's tons of imposter and fan accounts on here. Uh, that's the one thing about Twitter that they have not, they've never cracked down on that. And it gets kind of annoying. So you've got to really watch out for that kind of stuff. Well, my very first tweet was last night. When I did not watch All Out, however, I came across this after creating my Twitter, and my very first tweet was from Bleacher Report Live, a video of Arn Anderson storming out to the ring and hitting the most badass spinebuster 
to none other than Sean Spears. So Yes, Arn, even the odds where Sean had recruited Tully Blanchard, so Arn came out and even the odds for Cody in their match at All Out, which I didn't order either. I had spent $65 on a UFC pay-per-view two weeks before, so I was not going to drop another 50 on AEW, not this time around. And that, something going forward, that's going to have to change. I'm sorry, I just can't. I know that this was a big show. This was essentially the unofficial sequel to All Out, even though Double or Nothing had already happened. But this was a year basically to the day of All In, and so this was all out in Chicago again with StarCast, big panel, uh, big guests there, and a big event. I'm sorry, the WWE Network has changed the model about how I feel spending a certain amount of money on a pay-per-view. And so just can't always be hit up for $50. So I did not watch AEW. I did read the results, but and I heard that the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks had an excellent ladder match in the semi-main event. Uh, but outside of that, uh, didn't get as rave reviews as All In or some of the other or Double or Nothing, some of the other shows. Some of the things were out of their control, like John Moxley had to pull out because he's got a MRSA infection on his elbow. Which, that is actually really deadly. I did not realize how bad and dangerous MRSA really could be. Yeah, it's, it's very serious, and I believe he's had it before. I don't know if it's on the same elbow, but that's what kept him out so long in his WWE career the past couple of years was the same sort of thing. He, he got an infection, and at the end of the day, this is on AEW for allowing him to work in New Japan and work other promotions. Having those kind of contracts come with those kind of risks. Like, yeah... It's a double-edged sword because you have to keep your performer happy. You want them to sign with you, and you want them to be able to do what they want to do so you can keep them. But on the other hand, they can go out and get injured and miss your premier pay-per-view. There was a lot. I mean, that Kenny Omega match, which down the line they can still have. It's not like that program can go away. It's not like that's in the past. That can It can actually help their weekly TV once it starts because they already have a feud that hasn't been resolved. But allowing him to go out and work other shows and work other dates caused him to get injured. And so he missed the show and they ended up calling uh, formerly Neville, who we know is Bastard Pack now, who had been basically expunged from AEW after he refused to do any jobs because of his title belt that he had overseas. So, uh, But he came in and worked the match with Kenny Omega, which I'm sure was a fine match, but it just had no it had no heat behind it. So, it had no, oh. Yeah, there was a lot of good wrestling this weekend. I didn't see any of it. There was New Japan's Royal Quest show from England, and we had an NXT UK takeover, and I did not see any of it i did not either uh for the nxt takeover apparently uh new japan was running in the same in the uk as well they were yeah they were in london uh uh, triple h had a nice little comment to say all of you out there follow that and so let's uh just the fact that he acknowledged it to some degree i think shows that they're paying attention they realize that this isn't going away. This isn't some small little thing. They're they're really watching. Well, the WWE's footprint in the United Kingdom 
and Europe, uh, with them losing Sky Sports and going to BT Sport, it's very important for them to try to get network subscriptions to watch uh, NXT UK and to try to tap into that fan base because Sky Sports has a much bigger audience than BT Sport. So for the WWE to maintain that footprint, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to run more NXT UK takeovers, especially now with main roster NXT going to USA and stuff. They need to build up incentive for you to want to watch the network and and more original programming on the network as far as in-ring programming. So it was smart of him to to come out and say that sort of thing and and to acknowledge that they're paying attention, that they're not neglecting that market. But they've got a lot of work to do in, in that market to... If they got a TV deal for NXT UK in that market, for example, that would really help boost their footprint yes. uh, over there. But they are starting a performance center over there. They've got initiatives. They've got the ball rolling. It's a very big market for them to capitalize on. And uh, British wrestling fans are very intense. They stay up on the sport uh, very much so, more so than American fans. And uh, the WWE, if they want to build an audience over there, they're going to have to make the effort to keep going over there and running shows. And like I said a couple weeks ago when we did that SummerSlam show, they need to run a WrestleMania over there, really. They need yes. to they need to bring a, a super show over there. I just, I really don't know why they haven't yet. I mean, I, they're really missing the boat. I think they're realizing that because on the network, they did a 20-minute documentary about Adrian Street, who, if you don't know Adrian Street, like most of you don't, uh, was a true pioneer in British wrestling who came over here and paved his way in the old NWA. And But it's just he is a hero of heroes in the uh, over in the UK. And just for from this man who was a coal miner and just put his shovel down and said, you know what, I'm going to be a wrestler. And every one of them down underground laughing at him to then being the European champion and becoming a huge, I mean, the household name for the longest time in the UK. Anyway, uh, it's a very good documentary. Like I said, it's about 20 minutes long. Definitely want to check it out. Don't want to miss out on that. And it also does show that uh, they brought in Adrian Street to the UK uh, Performance Center for a week to tr- to show and uh, and train young kids on how to work. And uh, it was it just all around was a really really good documentary. And it was cut. There was some cuts that were pretty hard in it. But I'm hoping that's because this was a preview and they're actually going to do a full blown documentary because Adrian Street really deserves a lot of credit that he hasn't truly gotten and so but yes definitely check it out that is for sure something that i am i'm footnoting for all our listeners it's a great market over there and hopefully it can grow and it can build aew is the only one lacking over there as of right now well but they they mentioned when they started that aew is going to make that a a primary market. So I think eventually they'll get over there. Uh, it's just going to take them some time. They still have to secure a TV deal, I think. So, 
But once they get over there, I, they're definitely going to start touring and stuff over there. So uh, right now they're focused on selling out these domestic TV tapings, which they've done a great job of so far. They've sold out all their TV tapings thus far that they've put on sale. Now, these aren't 20,000 seaters, but to say you sold out a 10,000 seater is equally impressive in today's age when the consumer dollar only goes so far. So right now they're kind of focused domestically and focused on their premiere date in October. So, Well, I'm just going to throw this out there. We have a great, amazing building. What did you say, 15 blocks from here? A little more? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about McKenzie Arena? Yeah. I don't think they're going to run Chattanooga. You don't, I don't think AEW would, really? No, they are going to run Atlanta, but I don't think they're going to run Chattanooga. I'd... Why is this, sir? I think Chattanooga this? fans are packing arenas in Chattanooga, just like Atlanta for the most part. I wouldn't be surprised if when they go to Atlanta, it doesn't sell out because tough markets. And... The UTC McKenzie Arena is a rather dated arena. Now, it's not that old, but it's concrete. It's very basic. It doesn't provide you with a lot of the amenities of modern arenas, even smaller arenas that have the LED boards going around and the capabilities. It's just not really made for television. It's right. It's just not it's just not a great great arena it's a it's a concrete jungle of the of the, of the past and uh so I don't, I don't think they'll be coming here anytime soon i mean wwe doesn't even bring television here and so if you're going to try to compete with the wwe you're probably not going to run tv in towns that they don't right you're going to run tv in towns that they do maybe not the same arena but um, because you don't want to try, you don't want to try and fill a twenty thousand seater, but you're probably going to follow the same model as far as well. The number one company doesn't run TV here. Why is that? Well, okay, maybe eventually if they become this huge company and actually challenge WWE, maybe you'll see smaller towns and smaller venues. Even something like Birmingham, you know, I, I'm not sure they're going to run some a place like Birmingham or. Uh, places like that that don't have 20,000-seat arenas. I, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Uh, or 10,000-seat arenas at that. It's it's just going to take time. And uh, they need to they need to sell out. And so they're going to go to cities where they know they can sell out or, or mostly sell out. And then you can experiment a little bit. But I think they just have to establish their footing. So maybe, maybe down the road we'll get a TV taping. I hope so. At StarCast 3, uh, Dean Malenko kind of let people in a little bit on what he has been dealing with the past year to two years, and that is that he is suffering from Parkinson's. Yes, Dean Malenko, longtime agent for the WWE, was responsible mainly for training the Divas division back when they were Divas and not female wrestlers, and... Uh, recently just left the company to join AEW, uh, but yeah, revealed that he is dealing with uh, Parkinson's disease, which uh, Michael J. Fox will point out anytime he's interviewed that the shaking and stuff is from the medication. Like if you if you don't take it, you don't make weird movements and stuff. But it is 
is a pretty serious condition, and it's it's something that has uh, claimed the life of many people. If eventually it, it turns into something like Lewy body or or even Alzheimer's coupled with Lewy body, then it turns it turns into a, a a bad combination. But a lot of a lot like Muhammad Ali. Yeah, well, a lot of fighters, yeah, have have that condition like yeah Muhammad Ali being the most famous example of guys and I don't know if if there's ever going to be a direct link between head trauma and Parkinson's drawn because you've seen a lot of wrestlers with a lot of head trauma and they've never had Parkinson's but you've also seen a lot of them kill themselves or die very young before you even know how it's going to be, but right. a lot of NFL guys, ex NFL guys that had CTE that took a lot of shots to the head. You have guys like even like Brett Favre who got hit a lot as a quarterback for the Packers even talks about having memory loss and stuff associated with it. So I think there is, there is probably a connection between head trauma and Parkinson's Alzheimer's, anything that has to do with the brain and the, and the function there. But, some people can can live with the disease if it's treated properly for a very long time. Yeah. And make and be productive and and have a career and Dean's going to work through it. And it's just like uh it's just like a few weeks ago when you came in here with the story with uh Vampiro having Alzheimer's. I mean you just you have to work through it. There's yeah. really not much else you can do. I've been talking with Vampiro over um, email, and just we have a lot more in common than I ever would have imagined, and uh, vice versa. So uh, I really he's he's in my thoughts and my prayers, and I'm going to battle right alongside with him and hope he can battle back. And like you said, there are so many others that are quickly coming to the forefront of being in that same position. I, I think it also says a lot, too, when it's someone like Dean Malenko, who wasn't a plunder wrestler, someone who do, did a, a million hardcore matches, where yeah. he was pretty much uh, a straight shooter, where he, he came in and he was technical and he didn't he didn't resort to plunder, blading, chair shots to the head. He was just a, just wrestling, and... If it's even getting to guys like that, then I mean that's kind of scary. And anybody can, yeah. So it, it's just something that's going to take more time to figure out uh, the the root cause of. But uh, Dean Malenko, one of my favorite wrestlers from WCW in the late nineties. Oh, I love Dean. Uh, an amazing wrestler, and uh, if he wasn't so small, he would have had a great run in the WWE. But they just had no time for small wrestlers, so not around that era of the attitude. So. But he did have a job there for a long time, so they they recognized his genius. So the possibility of Enzo and Cass being signed to WWE yet again. This is a rumor. Yeah, uh, it was floated out there this week because NXT. It was announced they got fifty million dollars from the USA Network to go on Wednesday nights, which any money that was thrown their way would have been seen as a big victory. So $50 million compared to the money they're making for Raw and SmackDown is not a lot of money. But the fact that they were paid anything for NXT is a win. It's, yeah. Because they were producing it essentially for free for the network. 
And so in this new NXT universe that we are going to become accustomed to, because they're actually premiering a couple weeks before AEW on Wednesday nights, they're premiering in the middle of September. And so they're going to have a few weeks head start on AEW on Wednesday nights, but they are going to be live. They're going to be from Full Sail, which I don't know if that's the right decision. I think it's the right decision at first, but I think they need to quickly figure out a plan to get out of there because when AEW are going to these towns with sold out shows, even if they're 10,000 seaters, it's going to look way better than NXT in full sale, which is essentially going to be the impact zone where you're going to have, you're going to have 400 fans maybe, and they're going to be really into it. And some nights they can bail you out, but you still don't have the, the grandiose nature of a big arena and the, the wide shots and all that other stuff. Yeah. And also in doing this, by taking it to an actual television network, you're going to have to really think about, because in the past, what they've been, they would tape clusters of shows and just air them. And so you could put people that aren't quite ready for prime time, so to speak. You could take developmental people and put them and have one or two matches and and that kind of thing. But now that you're on a TV network and you've got commercials to think about and you've got $50 million in your back pocket, you're going to have to try and present the best show that you can. And so a lot of those people in developmental that would have been featured on NXT if it was still just a network show are probably going to be taking a back seat. Yes. And so when I heard this end zone cast rumor, it kind of made sense to me as far as the believability of bringing them back because you still want familiar names i mean you you still have adam cole in the undisputed era and guys like that that are velveteen dream and and the top tier nxt performers that that are available to you but outside of that top tier you start getting a little thin and so you probably want somebody even if they have to demote someone from the now this is the main roster. Now this is ECW in 2009, WWE's version. This is a third brand. This is yeah. this is not developmental anymore. It's on right. TV. We're presenting it as an equal to Raw and SmackDown, even though we know it's not going to be, but you're still on that level. There's going to be a pay increase for people. And so I think the idea of bringing Endzone cast back wasn't that crazy now triple h has denied this but triple h also found enzo when he was working out in a gym and Cass, we've always at least in my case i've always believed that Cass was going to come back eventually because he's tall and uh being tall is really the most important quality you can have in pro wrestling and so uh even though the company has denied this i don't see it as an impossibility especially since Enzo's charges and stuff all went away. People have short-term memories. People that watch on USA might even might have even never seen Enzo and Cass. I mean, maybe they saw him on Raw a couple times, but they've forgotten. They or they're not hardcore enough fans to even go online and read anything about those two. Yeah. This is trying to make it appeal to the most broadest audience possible. So I, I didn't think it was that crazy of an idea. I, I do worry about people that 
that love the network for NXT to see those developmental, to see the next class coming up. I, I worry about them because... Since that's, that's not what you're going to see now. Well, because once it's on network TV, then Vince has his hands on it. And when when Vince has his hands on it, it might turn into a product that you don't like. And so I worry about those people, but I was never one of those people. And initially, there's there's really no chance of me not checking out AEW's first show compared to NXT unless they offer some sort of a takeover quality card to go up against that. Then maybe I'll switch in between, but the curiosity factor is still in AEW's favor for when they premiere yeah, on TNT. We're not, I mean, we're, I love that. Somebody put out there the Wednesday night war and, uh, instead of the Monday night wars, so the the Wednesday night wars, uh, I think coming out of the gate, AEW is going to be on top. But who knows? So it'll be interesting to watch and follow and to go go on with. I think it's very interesting, too, that WWE would give USA Network this show when they're about to get into a deal with Fox, and Fox was going to... I most most people thought NXT if they got a a mainstream TV deal it would be on FS1 instead of perhaps that that panel show that they're going to have uh but now they don't have that and so I think it's kind of if I was Fox I would be a bit insulted that you're giving USA more wrestling content than that than we're getting but I don't work for Fox and I don't work for USA so I don't know Exactly. I think USA, just because of the the tenure there beforehand, they leave and then they came back. I think USA will always have rank over any other TV station, unless they just purposely do something to screw it up. Vince certainly feels a sense of loyalty to the USA network, especially when his last encounter with Fox was them canceling Saturday night's main event after two weeks. So he does feel a lot more strongly about his relationship with USA Network and Comcast. But thinking big picture, though, Fox is where you're going to have the most eyeballs. And that should be the priority going forward. But, you know, I'm not a businessman. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, We've only got a couple more weeks before this happens. So and it hasn't even been promoted that much on Raw or SmackDown that. This, I mean, it was mentioned, but it wasn't. It, it's not a top. It should be promoted in every break. They should have promos. They should pomp and circumstance. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes on Wednesday nights. As things get closer, I think they may. Also, one thing hurting them is that NXT is still going to be available on the network the next day. So if you want to watch a live product, just watch AAW, and then you can catch up on NXT the next day if there's something you. You really thought you'd missed. Yes. Kylie Ray has asked for her release from AEW and was granted it. So, uh, yes, Kylie Ray, who had a very similar gimmick to Bailey. And very similar. She was uh, on their last few shows, but she rumored to have some sort of medical condition. Uh, at least that's what Dave Meltzer was reporting. And, she requested her release, and from what I'm reading, 
uh, from all the wrestling news sites, the dirt sheets, is that she is retired. So I don't know exactly what's going on or if she's going to be back or if she is just saying that to sign with some other company. I, I don't I don't know what's going on. She's with an that. idiot if she signs with another company because I think AEW's got more eyes on it than anybody else right now. Yeah, so I think that there's something uh, behind the scenes going on that we're just not we're not privy to. Yeah. Casey Cantanzaro, the American Ninja Warrior competitor who had a very good outing in the Women's Royal Rumble, who is Ricochet's girlfriend, has left the Performance Center, and um, not sure what's going on with that. Uh, it's apparently a back injury, and that she's just done as well. So we have. In AEW, we have a very prominent female performer leaving, and in NXT, we have a very prominent performer leaving because she was doing the uh, lucha moves, basically, that no other female performer was doing. She was doing hurricane ranas and uh, head scissors and and stuff, uh, very fast, very fluid moving. She could leap to the top of the ring post and stuff. She was very impressive. Uh, but if she's got a back injury, she is uh, apparently sitting this one out. I don't, I don't know if she'll be back either, uh, but uh, hopefully so because she had uh, a very, very huge upside, uh, a lot of, a lot of potential to be a, to be a huge star. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins officially announced they are engaged. They are, and thankfully on television, their relationship has been taken off TV basically but this does open up the possibility of them being on like Total Divas or some sort of reality show oh god a Miz, yeah. Miz and Mrs. spinoff or something like that and um, all I can say is good luck hope it doesn't uh, flame out because then it'll be really awkward going forward uh, on television so don't burn it down don't burn it down. Try to <laughs> try to keep it going. And then we have some other nuptials. Yes, Peyton Royce and Sean Spears were married. Yes, the perfect ten, formerly Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears, who lost to Cody Rhodes at All Out, married the Iconics, Peyton Royce. So how is that going to work? You have your top star, one of your top stars in AEW, and one of your top women stars in WWE being married together almost as much as Renee yeah, and John Moxley and John Moxley. So I wouldn't say Peyton Royce is a top star. She no longer has the tag team belt. I put her over in the iconics. I see her carrying her future forward to a singles run. Not so much Billy Kay. I don't really see much out of either of them as really? far as wrestling careers go. Um, they remind me they're just a throwback to the Bellish wins. They're just a throwback to when it doesn't matter how you work, it just matters how you look. And so even someone who could also be lumped in that class, like Alexa Bliss, she's a much better worker than than those two are. TNA Impact, or just Impact now it is, is teaming up with AAA and is going to run New York City's Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they're going to run a Madison Square Garden show here just a few weeks after WWE does. Next week's Raw, this week's Raw, by the time this is released, is actually from Madison Square Garden. So 
in just a couple weeks after that, they're going to run a, a big super show between AAA and Impact. I don't know if it'll sell out or anything because I don't, I don't think Impact is that big of a draw. But I think it'll be a very interesting show. It'll a lot of good talent between those two companies. Just not sure who's gonna who's gonna watch it. So. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably sell out. I mean, MSG, that's the one thing that goes unsaid about MSG is that it's not a very big venue. It just has the benefit of being in Manhattan. So yeah. it can sell out, but I'm just not just sure we're going to hear much from it. Go down the road to the Manhattan Center. you know. Well, it's in the same building. Uh, the oh, Manhattan is it really? Center. Yeah, Manhattan Center is actually, I think, part of their complex. But I did not know that. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Amazing. Like I say it every every week. Amazing. They're, They're still in business. The fact that they have the money to go and rent out MSG is shocking. Yeah, when, when NWA is running tapings at Georgia Public Television and you have Impact running shows at Madison Square Garden, it just... I'm telling you, the end of this month, Billy Corgan running tapings in Atlanta is a huge step for NWA as a whole. Yeah, but still no indication of when those tapings are going to air, where they're going to air, what are we taping for? Are we just taping for the internet? Are we taping for... I mean, even in the the video where he talks about it, he kind of plays it down saying it's going to be stripped down. It's going to look like 80s NWA. And I mean, I don't... I just don't know if that's... In today's world, that's going to fly. Like... In in the 1980s, yeah, that that's acceptable because that's what we 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 knew. That's what that's what was presented to us. But a really stripped down version, yeah, I think you start looking like Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor, even though they've got music and they've got good graphics and they've got little trons and stuff, still looks like a very third rate kind of promotion. And if you're if you're saying it's going to be even less than that. I'm just not sure where you're gonna, who you're gonna sell this to, and and where it's gonna air. Oh, I so. see. I think the sky is just straight up for them. I don't see any downward into doing this, and so I am. Thrilled. This is just you angling to try to get a job there. Oh, bull! I mean, I could. Just got to make a couple phone calls because I am the world's greatest referee. But with that being said, still, I think it's a huge step moving forward. Last but certainly not least, Impact Wrestling. I guess to try to get eyes on them before Madison Square Garden. Uh, they now have got Ken Shamrock. Yes, you heard me correctly. The MMA legend, Ken Shamrock. Oh, the original TNA champion. Yes. Well, he was the NWA champion at that time, so we have a tie to the NWA as well. Um, the uh, impact. He's he's back at impact. He's back at impact. So uh, he's an interesting character. Um, don't know that I want to see him in the ring anymore. He's had some really bad MMA fights in the last few years, including a loss to the late Kimbo Slice. Uh, there's at a certain point, uh, especially when you are a shoot fighter like he is. There's a certain point where you need to just hang it up and say, okay, I just need to get out of this thing altogether. 
I or, just wanted to see him and Kurt Angle one time. Well, I wanted to see him and Dan Severn in a WWE ring. I mean, they had yes. they had matches in the UFC, but That's for true. whatever reason, the WWF at the time just never got around to it. And it was just true. really weird. Um, maybe they'll maybe Impact will hire Dan Severn, and we can get this. You know, nothing would really surprise me <laughs> because they they bring back RVD and Sabu. They, they I mean. They really don't care. Uh, I I like and they Dan lost Severn. a major tag team over the weekend. They let LAX, LAX. yeah go sign with AEW. So, uh, just I I don't know I don't know what's what the future holds for Impact Wrestling, but it'll be around because it's just it's never dying. It, it will never go away. Old ever. Yeller will not take the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Old Yeller, how about Old Yeller and Red? Uh-oh. As, uh oh. We have Hulk Hogan invading the WCW in 1994. That was my pick this week. We've already reviewed the Clash of Champions right before this show. So some of this, it's weird. We're getting to the point now we've done enough of these where I actually kind of know what's going on. Before. You can piece them together. I'm that way, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We've watched so many of these things. And I'm actually starting to follow the storyline. So Hogan came over from the WWF in, in 94. He won yeah. the title on his first match against Flair. And, of course, that needs to continue. So we had that uh, weird disputed finish at Clash of the Champions where a man in a mask ruined everything. And so Fall Brawl rolls around. And, of course, this is Hulk Hogan. He's not going to work this pay-per-view. No, fuck that. And also, Ric Flair, he's not going to work this pay-per-view either. So, fuck <laughs> that. So, instead, our main event tonight, Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, and the Nasty Boys are taking on the stud stable, Arn Anderson, Bunkhouse Buck, Terry Funk, and Colonel Robert Parker, who, it should have been Ming, but I guess, I think Ming was actually working like with a legit injury because there's no other reason for Ming not to be in this match. Yeah. Unless they were trying to pair Dusty with Colonel Park because Dusty had not been wrestling very much. So they I just. Think that, I think that was more of what it was, was they wanted to keep Ming strong with the finish. And they, they wanted, wanted to hide Dusty. And they wanted to hide Dusty. So yeah. why, to keep Ming strong, to keep Ming looking strong in front of the crowd, you can't have him tapping out or submitting. So how do you, you know? Yeah, but you could have had some of the other heels be the, the one to tap True. or submit. True. So this is September eighteenth, nineteen ninety four. A strange time in WCW, as you have the WWF starting to. Their stars of the past starting to funnel over in a greater number than before. Because, I mean, in the past you had Rick Rude and you had Jake the Snake Roberts and you had, yeah, you had Ricky Steamboat, Jake the Snake Roberts, Rick Rude, Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah. Jesse Ventura come over. So you've had some trickling over of the stars. Even Hercules Hernandez rest, wrestled under a mask as Super Invader. And you've had like Paul Orndorff, and you've had some people that have made the change to WCW. Even Dustin Rhodes had a match in WWF before he got sent over. So you had some trickling, but you didn't have the major names. And when I say major names, at this point, I mean, it's Hogan. Hogan is the top name. Savage. 
Hogan, Savage is still to come. Uh, you have, of course, Flair. Well, Flair being spending a year. Flair spent a year in the WWF and came yeah. back, so it wasn't like Flair was foreign to the WCW NWA fan base. But as far as the WWF guys, like the Nasty Boys, were certainly not an NWA staple no. that 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 would be known. And also, Mean Gene Okerlund doing backstage commentary, Hacksaw. Bobby the Brain Heenan, and tonight Hacksaw. And so, and and you see some of the mistakes WCW made very early on in this influx of WWF talent because you see two talents that would go on to be huge stars uh, being basically shit on tonight. Yes. And uh, it's just, uh, just the early warning signs were all there. We should have all known what was going to happen. What was yet to come. Yeah, so... You see, you see a change, and what it started making me think of is, imagine Patrick had they started the NWO thing in '94, and with like Brutus the Barber Beefcake, yeah. another guy. So you could have had the NWO come in, but it would have been like Hogan, Beefcake, Jim Duggan as a heel, which has. <laughs> I mean, imagine he throws down the American flag and picks up an NWO flag, and just. Oh. And the nasty boys who actually tried to join the NWO years later. But imagine had they actually just gone with that to begin with. Yeah. And how much of a failure that had, would have been because these guys just aren't the right guys no. to, to, to pull that off. But um, it was certainly something that I'm sure they had in the back of their mind. Like, we're getting all this talent from the WWF. Let's introduce them in a big way. But instead, they played it safe. Well, I don't like the Guardian Angel name, though. Oh, Big Boss Man, another guy. Well, who had actually been in the NWA before that, so... Big Bubba. Yeah, but, I mean, everyone knows him as the Boss Man. Yeah. But, you know, oh, now he's not hes not an official cop anymore. He's a guardian angel. He does this out of his own uh, merit. He just he wants to do the right thing. But, yeah, you could have done it with him. You could have had this really weird version of the NWO had yes. they decided to do it. I'm glad they waited. It turned out to be the right decision, but you can hear it even in the in our semi main event tonight was an interview, a satellite in quotation marks interview, which was clearly taped beforehand, but like a fifteen minute interview between Hogan and, and Flair. I'm hanging and banging. Before Mean Gene <laughs> tosses to it, the crowd is one hundred percent behind Ric Flair. They don't give a fuck about Hulk Hogan nah, anymore. Yeah. And this is WCW and WA crowd, so what do you expect? Yeah. Well, the fact that this is right out of the gate where he just came in not just months, months, two, three months tops earlier. So, yeah, he came in at Hogan, and yeah, he yeah. came in in his first match and he won the belt. And you but expect- I'm just saying, you're, you're talking about this being right out of the gate. He, we're just two or three months shy of his... of his. And we expect the fans to just... Oh, yeah, he should be feet. riding He should be riding Cloud 9. He's the new guy on the block. Everybody loves him, and they are booing the shit out of him. So we're in Roanoke, Virginia, at the Roanoke Civic Center, in front of a grand total of 6,500 people. Damn! Well, this was, of course, the new gen era in WWF. I mean, I don't think at this time in 94, WWF was even running as many shows, pay-per-views as WCW. So yeah. 
it was pretty bold of them, but I mean, they just got Hogan. So we got it. We got to run, even though he's not a part of this thing, we just got to run pay-per-views, you know, every month. So they're going to run one this month. They're going to run Havoc. And then they're going to take a little bit of a break and then run Starcade. So this was before WWF did In Your House and expanded to the pay-per-view a month model that we're so accustomed to now. Oh man, we get a very 90s looking graphic montage to start the the show tonight as we get missile launch detected and we get that radar. Oh, watch out. Yeah, missiles. It's locked on. To Roanoke, Virginia. Missiles are being fired either from or at Roanoke, Virginia. I'm not sure. So uh, we get a preview of a few matches, one of which wouldn't happen at all. So they just they didn't have time to recut that one. Uh, we get the national anthem sung by Martin Del Rey. And for the first time in a long time, I'm going to say this was a fine national anthem performance. Wow. For I don't you, give a that's lot of- big. Well, because he didn't try too much. You know, if you, like I said, if you go out there and you just talk your way through it, you'll be fine. And this was a country singer, even though he's in Roanoke, it's fine. It it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are, what kind of music you sing. If you can do a decent job at this, no problems. So I thought he did a pretty good job here. Tony, Bobby Heenan, and Mean Gene have the call, but Mean Gene would be sent away to do interviews. So just introducing us to the three-man panel here. Mean Gene says, hey, later tonight I'm going to talk to Hulk Hogan via satellite, which gets booed by the crowd because they had (laughs) Mean Gene's mic open to the audience, and when he says, I'm going to talk to Hulk Hogan on satellite, boo, fuck that. (laughs) And if I was at home and I had paid for this, I'd be pissed too. Like, yeah. you're going to waste my time with an interview? Yeah. And boy, they, they really did want to waste their time. <laughs> a lot of you. time. But Patrick, I knew you squealed in delight as the first performer of the night came out. Yeah, this is Johnny B. Bad. It's your favorite performer, Mark Marrow, which it's amazing that here we are in 1994 and he would still be working for this promotion into 95, almost into 96 before he left and never got pushed further than this. It's like you have this guy, he opens. Oh yeah. He should have got pushed. All right. He should have got pushed out the door. Well, but he was, he was always the opening act. He always got a decent reaction. You can't argue with, I can't argue that. That's true. Like, and he usually went over, but they, he just always was just a curtain jerker. He's going to take on Lord Stephen Regal, who's out with Sir William, so this is very confusing. Uh-oh. The future William Regal is paired with a guy named William, even though his name is Stephen. So there you go. Who is Sir William? I don't know. Who is Sir William? Do you know? Superstar Bill Dundee. Wow. Tennessee wrestling legend and Memphis wrestling legend. This would be before he got swapped out with Jeeves. Yeah. Jeeves would be the uh, Blue Bloods guy. Superstar Bill Dundee. The first part of the match is to put over Johnny B. Bad being a technical wrestler like Regal. Doesn't look that way. When these two <laughs> actually start exchanging, Johnny B. Bad hits an airplane spin drop to Regal. Johnny leaps over the ropes to Regal, and when they get back in the ring, he misses a leap, and that allows Regal and William to get the upper hand as William chips in with Steven. Regal lights Johnny B. Bad up with European uppercuts. That would be his one move of the match, just his go-to. 
blacktop bully, still in the crowd, still pissed off about being a truck driver, <laughs> yells at William over the match, even though he's a bad guy too, so I don't know what they're doing here. Hey, how I just want to know how long he kept showing up. and This was months of him showing up in the crowd before. The King he, of the Road was uncensored 95, and that <laughs> so, was in like March or April. So, so it was almost a full year of him being in the crowd running his mouth before they ever put him in a ring. Yeah, well, well, when they put him in a semi for yeah, his match. semi. Johnny B. Bad Atomic drops William Regal, back body drops him. We get a sunset flip from Johnny B. Bad. He gets a two count. William grabs Steven Regal by mistake, and B. Bad gets a two count out of it. Bad catches Regal with a backslide. One, two, three. Got the win out of nowhere. Boom. And a pretty big reaction here. It's the crowd popped big for Johnny B. Bad winning the TV title off of uh, Steven Regal here in the first match. And um, like I said, very strange to me because... Should have went to Regal. Well, and Johnny B. Bad had been around in the same position. Just This is to me like if, if they put Dolph Ziggler in a match today and he won a belt. I would have no reaction to this but a guy that's been kept at the same spot for years and years and oh he won a belt i'm not cheering that i don't care about that yeah and that's what johnny b bad did here so we have our first title change of the night and uh what'd you think of this match Mm. shit steve regal didn't have much to work with these two guys work very different styles very different and so so much different styles to the point that it limited what they were even capable of doing in the ring during this match. And so it just, it was a shitty match. It wasn't anything on Regal's part. It was all Johnny B. Bad's part. It was just a shitty, <laughs> it was just a shitty match. Tony and Bobby tossed to recap of the Flair and Hogan feud. Uh-oh. And at Clash, someone jumped Hogan with a bat, which... Is a clash we reviewed on here. So it was a guy in a mask. Who who was the guy? He would turn out to be the butcher, Ed Leslie. He butchered a friendship. Uh oh. Even though he that same night he rode with Hogan to the hospital. That's right. Came back, switched into his mask and a bat, and attacked his brother. 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 As I recall in that match though, despite the attack, didn't Hogan still walk away with the belt that night? Yes. Yes, so Hogan still won. It didn't matter at all. Oh, yeah, because Hogan is not taking no for an answer. Mean Gene pimps the hotline because Mean Gene's salary depended on the hotline. <laughs> so 1-900-909-9900. Kids, get your parents' permission before calling. And our first big mistake of the night is a loser leaves WCW match with Cactus Jack taking on Kevin Sullivan. Oh, man. See, I love I loved both of these men. Still do to this day. It yeah, was, well, it was Ca- stupid for them to even make this stipulation. Well, Mick was smart into wanting out. It was the best decision Mick Foley ever made. To go to ECW? Yeah, because that was his stepping... He always... His goal was to always get back to the WWF where he had worked as a jobber, Jack Foley, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. But it was always his his goal. And the intermediate in ECW only helped his resume to get yeah. back to WWF. Yeah. Whereas I don't know that WWF would have been as interested in him had he stayed. 
because with Hogan running the show and with the WWF guys coming in, he would have been pushed so far down the card. That's true. He wouldn't have been able to get any big wins. That's true. He would have been a jobber, basically. That's, a very, so that's very true. I think he made the right decision. Yeah. And Kevin Sullivan being so heavily involved in the booking of WCW, not going anywhere. So um, <laughs> if this was in present day and this match step was presented, we'd all be like, well, Kevin Sullivan's not losing this because he's part of the committee. Oh, well, yeah. It's sort of like what happened with Triple H at WrestleMania when he was like, oh, my career's on the line against Batista. Oh, you, the guy that works here every week against the actor? Yeah, I think you're going to be sticking around here. Yeah. So. Kevin is out with Dave Sullivan, who who is a huge Hulk Hogan fan. Uh-oh. Actually, Kevin and Dave are both huge Hulk Hogan fans. <laughs> Kevin and Cactus brawl in the crowd. Cactus Jack rips up the mats ringside, but Sullivan ends up slamming him from the buckle to the cement. So, of course, even on his way out, Cactus Jack taking insane bumps for no fucking Holy reason. shit. Does he take some insane bumps in this match? And it's not even... Look, there was no need for it. Too. Well, and as far as Mick Foley bumps go, it wasn't that off the charts. But just the fact that he did this in a match that he knows he's losing. Oh, yeah. Like what? This guy just has no has no no in him. He yeah. just will always whatever. Do it. I'll bust my knees on the concrete, whatever. Yeah. I need you to jump off the building. OK, OK, that's yeah. fine. I know it's my last match. Sure. Sullivan attacks Mick's injured ear, the ear that got ripped off in Japan or Germany by uh, Vader. So Cactus drops a running elbow for a two, but then he gets back body dropped onto the cement. Then Dave stops Cactus from using a chair and Kevin takes over. Cactus hits Dave on the apron by mistake and Kevin cradles Mick Foley. One, two, three. So Mick Foley is gone from WCW with an inside cradle. And, uh, <laughs> a uh, result that WCW would probably regret yes. uh, going forward. And uh, off to ECW he'd go, and then off to WWF where he would become a Hall of Famer. <laughs> so, and win their world title. Yeah, win their world title, and then make fun. WCW had Tony Schiavone make fun of him winning the world title. He's going to win their world title. Which, in turn, backfired and... Sorry, Mick, you're gone. You, yeah. You lost your job. Better Me, things are yet to come. You're going to win their world title. That'll put some butts in the seats. Gene is with the stud stable. They don't seem concerned. I am here with the stud stable. Yes, as a matter of fact, I have Colonel Robert Parker and his men who are going to be involved in the fall brawls, war games, and the match beyond. Gentlemen, I should warn you, there is no tomorrow. Bunkhouse Buck, yeah, you've got the roads in the match. Let me say something to you and them backstabbing, no good, rotten, lying, cheating, WCW officials. You got it all backwards. You got the cart before the horse. The Colonel ain't supposed to be in the ring. He's supposed to be me. Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry about the mule. Just load the wagon called Bunkhouse. They're going to knock out. Colonel Parker, you have really backed yourself into a corner. This man is out in your end. Let's not count our chickens here before How's that's your heart? about me going in that ring. How's your blood Don't pressure? you worry about my heart and blood pressure. I'm not exhausted all my efforts toward getting me involved in this war games yet. I'll tell you this, though. If I have to go in there, I'll pull my coat and my tie and hat off, and I'll go in there proud. But I want you to know in WCW, everybody that bought Pay-per-view. It's in your hands. 
Colonel! Colonel! I want to volunteer! Lieutenant Funk wants to volunteer to take the front line! To take the front line against the FBI! I want the FBI tonight! One or four of them! I'm talking about the Fat Boys Incorporated! Yeah! All right, uh, rounding out the foursome, none other than A. Arn Anderson. The roads have got a score to settle with you. Gene Oakland, the time for hype is over. The time for personal assessment of what we're all doing here has come and gone. Eight men are going to enter a double cage. Only four are going to leave. The time has come to reach into a man's very manhood and pull something out of him that makes him say, I quit. It's not about pinning a man. It's about looking in his eyes and making him say, I give up. I'm more man than you. Well, we came here to die tonight if necessary because to get us to quit, you're going to have to kill us. All right, that's it. Those are the ground rules. Submit or surrender. It happens tonight in more games from Let's get back inside the arena. The U.S. title bout is next. But unfortunately, as oh. we mentioned in our class review, Ricky Steamboat can't perform. Card subject to change. Fuck you if you wanted to see this match. So he is injured and has to relinquish the United States title. So he hands it over to stunning Steve Austin. Nick Bockwinkle was the most hated man at this point in time in the entire arena. Yeah, so Nick Bockwinkle, the... Kayfabe president of WCW at this time. They're Jack Tunney. He takes away Ricky Steamboat's U.S. title. Hands it to Austin. So Austin wins it for nothing. A forfeit. So that's the match, right? Right. Steamboat, though, does say he'll be back. Unfortunately, he wouldn't because WCW would fire him right after this. And that would cause him to go into retirement. Yeah. He was, I think, going to try to rehab and come back. I mean, he says, I'll try to rehab and be back and challenge you for that belt. WCW notorious for this. They fired Davey Boy Smith when he was in a hospital bed. They fire injured wrestlers all the time. Austin, <laughs> Austin, same thing. So they went ahead and fired Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and it caused him to retire until he came back against Jericho in that WrestleMania. So Came out of retirement here. What do you do here? You wrestle Carlito. He was a road agent, and he came out of retirement here, and that was before that WrestleMania. It was his first match back in, like, 10 years. He came out of retirement and wrestled Carlito here in McKenzie Arena. Bob Quinkle says, though, Austin, you're going to have to wrestle somebody to defend this belt. That's right. So here's your opponent. Ho! Yes, America Music hits, and Jim Duggan is out. Austin loses his mind over wrestling Duggan and probably not actually the threat of Duggan, but knowing how this was booked <laughs> probably made Austin legit lose his mind. Gotta fucking be kidding me. Duggan basically hits a three point stance. One, two, three. Austin is defeated for the U.S. title. And so their second mistake back to back mistakes with future superstars. Yeah. Guys that would make millions for yes. the competition. Yes. And that would go on to be probably two of the biggest stars in wrestling history. 
No, not just a generation, in history. Yeah, and this was tough because on one hand, okay, so you sign Jim Duggan. You, you want him to come in and make a big impression. But did you have to do it here? I don't. You I don't have think... to put a title on him, knowing full well he's not championship material at no, this point in time. No, he's, he's a great entertainer. He is. He does a lot with very little. He does. But he is not a title holder. And if you were a hardcore fan of WCW, you were probably pissed. livid. Yeah. 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 If you were not, if you were actually tuning in, if you were one of the people that Hogan brought in to say, to check this out, you'd probably think this was the right decision because yeah. to you, who the fuck is Steve Austin? Yeah. I know who Jim Duggan is, but I don't know who's, who stunning Steve Austin is. And this was just... Uh, this is a metaphor, basically, for uh, stunning Steve's handling in WCW. Yeah. Just a, a disgrace, and he was—he was only what uh, six, seven months shy of leaving himself. But this one time, uh, he would actually, yeah, he would leave right before the first Nitro. So he stuck it out almost another year. Really? Yeah, almost a full year. He stuck it out, but he knew. I thought he left like early '95. Now, he was still around. He he just, uh, yeah. They didn't do shit with him. Yeah, this was this was the end of uh, starring Steve Austin, basically. So Mean Gene gets an interview with Hacksaw. Hacksaw cuts a normal promo uh, about USA and everything, and he walks away. Then he says, oh, yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. I got to come back. I got to set up something for the, the title picture. And he says, uh, yeah, I'm really mad at Ric Flair for carrying a replica belt as Ric Flair just he kept one of his titles and is parading around as the real world champion. So, okay. Glad to know Hacksaw's mad about this. <laughs> Stars and Stripes are out next. It's Marcus Bagwell and Del Wilkes, the Patriot. Uh, the guy that would have one title opportunity against Bret Hart in WWF in 1997, which was so weird because he was in and out of that company so fast I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> Blacktop Bully not happy with the face's arrival and the security goons, including Doug Dillinger, take him out. So He's gone. The bully the bully got a good night's work here for a paycheck. And didn't do shit but run his mouth. The World Tag Team Champs are out next to take on oh, Stars and Stripes. It's pretty, pretty Paul and Wonderful Paul. Wrote two Pauls. One is pretty. One is wonderful. They're pretty wonderful. Paul Ro- Roma and Paul Orndorff. Roma, the worst member of the Four Horsemen ever, <laughs> starts with Buff Bagwell and stomps him down. Bagwell grabs Roma by the arm and works it over. Del Wilkes comes in, picks up where Bagwell left off. Orndorff comes in, but Patriot has his number, quickly tags Bagwell back in, but Orndorff gets the upper hand on Bagwell. Patriot comes in. Patriot and Orndorff both tag out, so it's Bagwell and Roma. The heels isolate Bagwell in their corner. Orndorff works over Bagwell, tags in Roma. Roma drop kicks Bagwell for a two count. Roma lands a top rope elbow to Bagwell for a two before Patriot stops it. Bagwell gets thrown outside. Orndorff throws him into Bobby's cooler which Bobby had an entire cooler full of drinks for himself. And then Roma drops the ice from the cooler onto him. Ouch. 
And then Bagwell fights out of a pile driver, but Orndorff tags Roma in to take over on Buff Bagwell. Randy Anderson misses the hot tag from Bagwell to Patriot. Patriot cleans house, but Bagwell is still legal. Orndorff pile drives Bagwell on the floor. Roma takes the Patriots finisher, but he's still able to just crawl over and cover Bagwell. Basically, no selling the Patriots finisher and wins the match. And Pretty Paul wins it for Pretty Wonderful here in a tag match that happened. As uh don't think Stars and Stripes were uh, really the best option here for Pretty Wonderful, but okay. This match went way too long. Yeah, that's agreed, especially when... There's really no storyline to it. It's just, here's a tag team, and here's another tag team. One of them's a champion. One of them's not. Genius with the Nasty Boys in the roads, and the Nasty Boys deliver a shouty promo. All right, I thank you very much, uh, Tony Schiavone. I'm joined right now by a group of gentlemen. If I were going to have a five-man scramble out at the golf club on a Saturday morning, these are the guys I would want on my side to tee it up with. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, the Nashville Dustin Rhodes, and gentlemen, the Nasty Boys, eight men in two rings under a cage tonight. Like we say on the streets, you talk the talk. Now you walk the walk. You're walking down that aisle. That aisle is Nasty Boulevard. That ring is Nasty now. You gotta enter it. And all I gotta say to those four fat cowpokes is get ready to eat cage. Brian. Hey, Gene! It's retribution time! It's retribution time for three punks and one chicken, little baby! You're getting nasty size and nasty sensations getting shoved right down your sticking throat! All right, uh, the natural Dustin Rose, this is certainly a family you affair. You have the audacity to talk about manhood in front of the whole world and everybody! You're no man, you've never been a man, you're never gonna amount to anything. So let's get that straight. All that you have shown me is that you can run. You can run, but you cannot hide. And now, all the talking's over. Let's go to war. Go war! Dream, we have been there before, my friend. You know, when they talk about the great games of the world, the Goodwill Games, the Olympic Games, they used to be baseball games, they're football games. These are the war games. This is the war games. When I left my house, my son Coda Garrett and Till Marcus said, Daddy, take it easy. You're going to be all right tonight. Nasty dream. Tonight's the night. Colonel Parker going to squeal like a pig. And let me tell you something else all over the world. In the words of my main man, what the hell, son? Ooh, you ain't seen nothing well, gentlemen, I'll tell you, it's going to be something else. This is War Games, the match beyond. We are just moments away. And, of course, it is part of football. War, baby! War, baby! Anything specific in mind for Colonel Parker? All I got to say, Ming is on the outside. Parker has to come in. Tonight, he squeals like a bee! But before we can get to their match, it's the number one contenders match next. It's a triangle match, which is not a triple threat match. No. It's a singles match, and then the winner meets the third guy. Flip of the coin. 
Who's the lucky guy? It's strange in the fact that you had two baby faces taking on one heel. So the heel was actually outnumbered here. Yes. The odds were against him. It's Vader, Sting, and the Guardian Angel. Big boss man, Ray Trailer. Guardian Angel's out first, then it's Vader with Harley Race. Finally, Sting comes out, who gets a massive reaction. One of the most criminally underutilized performers in WCW history. Just change your booking plans now, guys. By the way, this is a number one contenders match, which would have no bearing on Halloween Havoc because they set up a different match for the title. So this is really a number two contenders match. But that I don't think ever came true, did it? I'm not sure it ever did, really, because... I never saw Vader and Hogan. Maybe it did. I'll have to look into that at the end of the show. But uh, if you can ignore... The stipulation, this is a really good match. I thought this was match of the night. This was awesome. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. So Sting wins the coin toss, so he doesn't have to fight in the first match. Vader poses in front of Boss Man, but Boss Man just no-sells it. Boss Man can't get Vader off his feet. Boss Man belly-to-backs Vader to get him down, and then Boss Man elbows him in the midsection, Vader misses a stinger splash, gets rolled up for a two count. Vader, about five minutes into this match, says, fuck this mask. This really inhibits my breathing. I'm going to rip it off. So we have a maskless Vader here. For the rest of this match, we have a maskless Vader. He accidentally decks Harley Race, though, in all of this. Bossman insiguries Vader and slams him for a near fall. Bossman slam, but the ref takes a bump, and Harley Race comes in and headbutts Bossman. Vader bomb, one, two, three, and the Guardian Angel Big Boss Man is eliminated. So, it's going to be Sting and Vader for the number one slash two contendership here. Vader says, new match, I'll put my mask back on, sure. (laughs) Sting no-sells a Vader strike and then poses. Sting drop kicks Vader and woos in his face. Vader hits the Vader bomb but doesn't cover Sting, what an idiot. He goes for a second one but Sting stops him with kicks Vader misses a second Vader bomb, and Sting clotheslines him out of the ring. Harley Race then gets suplexed by Sting. Sting hits a slightly delayed vertical suplex to Vader, which was quite impressive. This dude could post him up for any amount of time. He splashes Vader off the top rope. Vader misses the moonsault. Sting superplexes Vader. Then Stinger splashed to Vader for a near fall. Sting hits a released German suplex to Vader. Yes. For a two count. A released German suplex. Sting then no-sells Vader's strikes. He hits another top rope splash for two. He power slams Vader off the post. Then he slaps on the Scorpion Deathlock, but Vader rolls over and time expires for the first 15 minutes. So now it's five minutes of overtime. Sting doesn't let Vader rest and slaps on a rear chin lock, but the ref says, hey, get off. We got to ring the bell. But then he doesn't ring the bell and the match starts anyway. Vader posts Sting, wants a superplex. Sting punches out of it, bites Vader in the face. Sting is too exhausted to splash him from the top, so he just climbs down. Vader then climbs the post, but Sting back body drops him out of it. If there's no winner here in the five minutes, then the first man off his feet is the loser in sudden death overtime, so you just gotta knock your guy off his feet. Vader powerbombs Sting and covers, but time expires. So now it's sudden death. First off, his feet loses the match. Vader just unloads strikes on Sting, but Sting stays on his feet. 
He drops to one knee, which is okay. That doesn't count as down. Then Guardian Angel runs out, takes out Harley Race, but the ref doesn't see it as he's taking Race and Boss Man to the back, so he misses what's going on in the ring because Sting had gotten Vader down. Then the Masked Man reappears from Clash of Champions, hits Sting in the knee with a club, runs off, the ref comes back into the ring, sees Vader on his feet, Sting down, Vader wins the match. So... A fuck finish here, but a great performance by Sting and Vader. These two work really well together. They just, and man, like. A shout out to Vader for going, because he went a solid 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah, he had to fight two matches here, which of all the of all the three competitors, who are we going to book to go the distance? Probably not Vader would be in my mind. Yes. Also. I thought the overtime rules of sudden death where you had to knock a guy off his feet would be bad, but man, I actually like this a lot. Like, yeah. Fuck a last man standing, first man falling match. How about yeah. that? Where two guys just beat the shit out of each other yeah. because Vader's strikes looked really stiff and Sting took them and, and kept coming back. At that point in time, it went from wrestling to just bare knuckles brawling, and it was it was the the change into it was so entertaining and so exciting that you were just waiting for someone to hit that massive blow and just watch this other guy go flying. It was really entertaining because I've really never seen a wrestling match in like this. I mean, I've heard of like, yeah, last man standing match and stuff. And anytime a sudden death, that's just a normal match typically, but First off his feet with these two guys that, I mean, Sting doesn't sell. Vader doesn't sell. They're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Like, yeah. it was awesome to see. And I just, I love this match. I think, thought this match was the best match on the card, even without, I mean, Boss Man's section of it was, was okay. It really could have just been Sting and Vader one-on-one for the entire time, and that would have been fine. Boss Man, when you go into this match... And you think, okay, well, this is for a number one contenders match against Hogan. Well, of course, the heel needs to win because Hogan's not going to turn heel. Right. So you need you need a ba- you need a heel to win, and you've got two baby faces and one heel. But really, if they wanted to go in a different direction, they could have had Boss Man because he could easily flip. I mean, Guardian Angel could bring up his past with Hogan and easily turn heel on him. So yeah. if they wanted to go in a different direction, but Boss Man wasn't going to get over. Vader and Sting, two two projects in WCW for the last few years. So, Boss Man was me a mere formality for Vader to roll over. But as bad as it is, the childlike inside of me wanted to see Sting and Hogan so bad. Oh, me too. I, Surfer Sting, like I said, and he, Red he, Yellow Hogan. He's criminally underutilized. Yes. They never fucking know. Yes, doing a face versus face match isn't terrible. No, people they're so scared to book face versus face matches. But if you book them the right way, you get Warrior and Hogan from WrestleMania Six, where yeah, it's just two really over guys, yeah. or even. Rock and Hogan, even though Rock was booed in Toronto that time, it's still, you can make it work. And yes. so, yeah, I think that would have been the right way to go, actually. I would love to have, and then you carry that over to Starcade. And so, Starcade 94, you get Surfer Sting and Red and Yellow Hogan, 
and then Flair comes out and fucks it up, and you build a, you know, you build with Flair some more. But it's better than what they got for Starcade '94, which is <laughs> beefer in yeah. the main event. So, yeah, I I thought this was a really great match. It's a shame they didn't have any follow up booking that made sense after it. But we go to Mean Gene for an interview via satellite. Satellite in quotation marks. This was clearly taped with Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. Hulksters pumping the pythons at Hulk's gym. Hanging and banging, brother. Hulk wonders how Rick is training. We go to Ric Flair. He's dining and drinking with babes. That's how he trains. Flair doesn't know that he wants to end retirement. He likes being retired. Uh, which is actually farthest from the truth. He loves wrestling, and that's why when he did retire, he came back to wrestle for a few more years. Yes. Hulk says, okay, well, I'll get you to to this match if I put my career on the line for the match. So Flair says, okay, fuck it, whatever. Okay, I'll come back and wrestle you. Hogan then, after he gets off the phone with Flair, reveals that his banged-up knee is fine. So I guess he hopes Flair wasn't watching. Which, from the, the video interview, he wasn't. So, it's fine. This interview, I swear to you, took 15 minutes. You could have had 15 Austin and Jim Duggan matches in the time it took to get through this interview segment. <laughs> Gene's going to go you find... Mean, I hope you put all 15 minutes here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, ever since I've been a world championship wrestling, I must say, one of the greatest rivalries I could ever recall exists here today between WCW heavyweight champion, the great Hulk Hogan, and, of course, a man who has been 11-time world champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair. He has legions of fans here in Roanoke, and, of course, so does the Hulkster. Of course, this rivalry escalated this summer at the Bash at the Beach in Orlando. Most recently, at the Clash of Champions, the nature boy, Ric Flair, was suspended. It's been quite a feud indeed. And tonight... After I've talked to Ric Flair on numerous occasions and recently talked to Hulk Hogan, I have standing by from Las Vegas, Nevada, the nature boy Ric Flair, and from his home in Bel Air, Florida, joining me at this time, the WCW heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, Hulkster, by satellite. Uh, if you'd come in right now, you are looking good, big Yo, man. Yo, Gene, what's happening, brother? Just pumping the pythons, dude. You know, I wish I was at fall brawl. I wish I was there to have Hulkamania well, run too. wild one more time for you. But everything's pretty cool here at Hulk's gym, brother. You know, we're hanging and banging, getting the knee back in shape, getting all of our ducks in a row, brother, getting them all ready for the man that styles and profiles. You know, people say that Ric Flair's surprise took me off my feet last time, you know? Well, we've got a little surprise for Ric Flair, and that's why you and I, Gino, mean Gene, that is, lean mean Gene, I might say. That's why we've got this hookup tonight, brother, because I have got the master plan, brother, whoa. to get Ric Flair right where I want him. Whoa, whoa, and you whoa. know exactly where that's at, brother. Well, not, you mean Gene, you... I bet you just can't wait, dude. What you is the surprise? That all my Hulkamaniacs have come up with. How about it, brother? What? What is the surprise, Hulk? Don't keep us in suspense. He's in Las well, Vegas at the Mirage Jimmy Hotel. Hart. Some dude's going to get him now, man. I love it, brother. Yo, Ric Flair. Is it Hulk? Yeah, this is the Hulk. So where's Ric Flair? <laughs> Sorry, Rick's busy right now. Well, you must be one of Rick's training partners because I can imagine how hard Ric Flair's training because, of course, Hulk Hogan's hanging and banging. Tell me you're his training partner. What's he doing? Taking aerobics? Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> real, real good workout, that's for sure. Yeah, I bet you give him a real good workout. That's why his muscles feel like mashed potato muscles when I get a hold of him. 
Put him on the phone. Sorry, he's real he's real busy. You just can't call the real world champion every time you feel like it. Well, you know, the real world champion is a man that's probably sweating to the bone right now. I seriously doubt if you, dear, can make Ric Flair break a sweat. Hello? Who is this? This brother is the WCW heavyweight champion. Who is this? No, no, this is the real world champion. Oh, I get your get your brother. back straight, big man. And I'm partying, and I got no time to be talking business to you. I'm retired, remember? Well, let me tell you something. Whoa, 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 brother. We got a way to fix all that. See, that's the difference between reality and fantasy. The real WCW champion, brother, is hanging and banging right now. You, brother, are partying. That's the difference between you and me. Let, 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 just, just, just a minute, Hulkster. Hold on one second. Girls, it's going to take just one second, okay? Don't get bored with the conversation. We got an important <laughs> call here. Go ahead, big man. Run, run this by me one time. Yeah, I'm going to run it by you. What do you want to hear? You're going to you'll have to bring that back one more time. I couldn't hear you. Yeah, well, I'll run anything that you want by you, brother. I just want to let you know that I have got the master plan how to get you back in the ring, brother. You know, Hulkster, at this point in time, after defeating you just recently and being crowned the real world champion for the 12th time, I'm not sure I want back into business. What could you possibly offer me that would bring Ric Flair out of the luxury and the lifestyle that I'm in right now back into the sport of professional wrestling. Well, you know, brother, you are the biggest rat fink in the game, brother. The dirtiest player in the game. By the last time we went out of the shoot, I know that that blackjack attack, brother, on the back of the holster's leg was all part of your plan, dude. And oh yeah, the figure four, when you locked that thing on the tree trunks, brother, even though my leg was already snapped in half, for one second, brother, I forgot who I was. And that little squeaky referee, he may have heard me yell in pain. Maybe even I did say I had enough. But then when I heard the Hulkamaniacs, I got my act back together and put an end to it all. The thing is, Ric Flair, even with a bad wheel, even with a sneak attack, I took the best you had to offer. But since you're so afraid to get back in the ring with Hulk Hogan. Rewind that one, big man. The word's not afraid. The word is laid back, relaxing, 12 times. You see this? If you had a camera in front of you, you'd see where the, where the real World Heavyweight Championship belt is sitting, right here between a bevy of beauties, pal. Okay. You're talking to Ric Flair. I'm out here in Vegas. Where are you right now? Okay, brother, you're right. You're right, and I'm wrong, like always, okay? Yeah. yeah. But seeing how you always have the upper hand, how you always out-wrestle me, and how you have the real world heavyweight title, well, wouldn't you just like to get rid of Hulk Hogan once and for all, brother? Wouldn't you like that? If I thought that I'd never have to hear your name again, I'd walk to the end of this earth, pal. Hey, let, let's get three things you know, straight whoa, whoa, whoa. right maybe, now. Maybe that's why, Ric Flair, you are the real world's heavyweight champion. So I tell you what, I'm going to make you an offer that you can't refuse. With a bad knee, brother, with a victory on your side, because you did get your hand raised the last time, brother. And maybe you even did hear Hulk Hogan squeal a little bit in pain when you put the figure four on me, brother. I am now going to tell you that if you will climb back in the ring with me for one last time, if you get your hand raised, if you can beat me right in the center of the ring with that figure four leg lock, brother, I put my whole wrestling career on the line. I will quit the WCW. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that if I can beat you, that you will retire and leave the sport of professional wrestling forever? Brother, if Is that what you, I heard you say? You heard it, dude. If you can beat me, if you can get Nick Bockwinkle ah, to get you and me girl? together. 
Yeah, yeah, you heard it. On the same piece of paper, I will put my career on the line. I will do what you want. I will hand you my career on a silver platter, and you'll never see Hulk Hogan again. Just That's if you beat Girls, he, Hogan, I don't know where what you've been doing the last month, but if you're saying that you will leave the sport of wrestling, if I beat you, my friend, you can make that match right now. Let, let me run something by you. There are three very valid points you need to review as you get in your car right now from wherever you are and drive home. The first one is that I heard you on national television say, I quit, I give up. I heard it and the wrestling world heard it. The second thing you need to remember is that I left that ring last time, the winner with the world championship belt. It's sitting on the table in front of me right now, right here at the Mirage in Las Vegas. Four good-looking women, the nature boy, it's the way life ought to be. And thirdly, and most importantly, if you're willing to put your career on the line, if you're willing to take that big reputation, that big name, all that notoriety, that fame, that money, and put it on the line and wrestle me, <laughs> To the winner takes all, pal, you got it. Because I know, and you know, you know that some way, somehow, Ric Flair will find a way to move Hulk Hogan out of the sport of wrestling. Right, girls? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Woo. Well, you know something, Mr. Ric Flair, yeah. the man that styles and profiles Lear Jets and Limousines? It sounds like you and I got a deal, brother. Now, if you would just echo that same voice to Mr. Nick Bockwinkle, I'll put my career on the line, brother, and it has been etched in stone. I said it, it's done. We got ourselves a deal, brother. Can you believe it? The Hulkamaniac, no more vitamins, no more prayers, no more little kids running around going, hey, nature boy, the Hulk's gonna get you. Hey, what are you gonna do, Hulk Hogan, when the nature boy runs wild on you, pal? Woo! He's done. Sounds like it, we Hogan. got a deal, brother. The deal is done. I'll get Bockwinkle on the phone right now. You don't move. The match is made anywhere, anytime. Goodbye, Hulk Hogan, forever. Woo! Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hot. I just sucked him, brother. I sucked him into the dude. Hey, Mean Gene. But the knee, brother, is getting a lot better, brother. Oh, the knee's getting a lot better. Ric Flair got the Hulkster's down card, dudes. <laughs> Ric Flair should have never bet against Hogan, Hulk Hogan, brother, because if I had to do a thousand, oh, maybe a thousand and one Hindu squats, I'd do them all night long, brother, to get Ric Flair in the ring, man. And just like I told Ric Flair, he's history, because day and night, I think about Ric Flair, brother. Day and night, I think about <laughs> breaking him in half. Now we got a deal. <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything, Hulkster. Go Hulkster, baby. All right, Jimmy, we've go, got man. a deal, brother. We've got anybody who wants to What you going to do? <laughs> Gene's going to go find Nick Bockwinkle and set the match up. Bockwinkle says, good to go at Halloween Havoc in Detroit. Just totally ignoring the number one contenders match we just but had. Just happened. <laughs> and the match will be in a cage as we go into a cage match for the main event. Like, oh, this is this is special, guys. We're going to have a cage, so tune in as we go into a War Games match. So, Also, Bockwinkle here. Terrible promo. Very surprising from Nick Bockwinkle. That is, he has to yes. read off a sheet of paper to remember what the fuck to say. Yes, and... For Nick Bockwinkle, one of the best...
promo man. Oh, the AWA. He ever, was the guy. Ever. Nick Bockwinkle is a true legend. I, I think he deserves a place in the WWE Hall of Fame, even though he didn't work. I think he's got one. Is he in the WWE yeah, Hall of Fame? He really? He's got one. I Wow, I did not know that. 2007. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I was not aware of that. For his additions to pro wrestling as a whole, Nick Bockwinkle was extremely underrated. I mean, he's a great talker. Oh, uh, yeah, and a hell of a worker, too. Yeah, he was, he was fine. Uh, I'm not going to say he was. I mean, it was a different style of pro wrestling. The AWA was basically built around Nick Bockwinkle. Well, yeah, because he was Vern's son-in-law. So, <laughs> Vern's son and his son-in-law were, yeah, very uh, important pieces of the AWA. Michael Buffer is out to introduce the War Games cage match. And before he introduces it, he mentions, oh, the our army's out there fighting for our freedom every day, which I had no idea why that tied into this, but okay. Because this is war. Right. This war. is the same thing as war, yes. Yeah. This is war. The cage lowers because this is 1994, so it's going to take us a minute, guys. So we go to Saturday night clips where Ming is informed that Colonel Parker will be in the match in, in the stud stable and not him. Then we have Arn joining the stud stable and attacking Dustin, which leads Dusty to asking Dustin to be his tag team partner, which was replicated at double or nothing. I don't want a hug. I want a kiss. And I want to know that you're going to let me be by your side. Yeah. Amazing moment, uh, which was, yeah, just re revisited this year yes. it's crazy wrestling is just a big big circle yes dusty then tests ming's head with a wooden chair he smashes it over him and ming no sells it no so, sells this shit like nothing but then dusty of course knowing that he's outnumbered by the stud stable has to drive to nastyville to recruit the nasty boys and the nasty who, who are heels? That's what I'm trying to understand. The nasty boys are heels. Why are you putting them with baby faces? I guess they were going to be baby faces now. I mean, this was their introduction, so I guess I don't. I don't know. They'd be switching probably in a month. I don't think you boys are nasty enough. Not nasty enough. Is this nasty enough for you? So the Nasty Boys start a bar fight in Nastyville, and Dusty says, okay, I think you guys are nasty enough. All right, you want to join? And they join up. I'll feel you a fall ball. Yeah, so the Nasty Boys are in, and this is kind of strange because it's four-on-four four war games, yes. not five-on-five. five-on-five, yeah. Because they did have Ming on the other, they could have, I mean, I don't know if he was actually in, I, I assume he was injured, which yeah. is why they kept him out. But they couldn't find another fifth guy? I mean... I don't know, but the finish of this is hilarious for the backstory of people who don't know it. I have a little scoop for you. I I think I I know what your scoop (laughs) is, but we're getting there, yes. So Mean Gene then reads us the rules of war games, which takes another 10 minutes. Uh, By the way, you know, if you're a WCW fan, by 1994, you know what war games is and how it works. The stud stable comes out together. The nasty boys are out with the roads. The natural gets to start with Arn Anderson, the the smart choice on both parts to have a guy that's been in a million war games versus the guy in Dustin Rhodes that can actually work for a while. So the young guy. So this was the right start. Arn just runs from ring to ring to hide from Dustin. 
Dustin traps him against the cage and throws him into the cage a few times. Dustin big boots Arn right out of ring two into the crease between the rings. Then he rams his shoulders into the aprons. Ouch. Picks him up head first and just squeezes his head in between both of the rings. Dustin does the sting spot where he leaps ring to ring with a clothesline to Arn. And then he uses the roof to drop kick him. Flip flop fly elbow to Arn Anderson. Then Dustin takes complete control while waiting for the next heel to enter. Arn DDT's Dustin though that stops him. Arn chokes Dustin with wrist tape. Then he misses an Insiguri. Arn Anderson tried an Insiguri in this match, but then finds himself in a half crab. The heels, surprise, surprise, they win the coin toss, and Bunkhouse Buck comes in for the heels. The heels work over Dustin's arm and each apply a half crab to Dustin. Jerry Sags is out next for the faces, and this just reinforces my opinion that Jerry Sags was actually a really good wrestler. He really was. He was just... Man, if he had ever had a solo run, it's weird to me that that Nobbs got the hardcore solo run in the late 90s because yeah. Sags is a much better wrestler yes. than Nobbs. Yes. Sags cleans house, rams Buck and Arnon in the cage. He pile drives Buck and then headbutts him in the groin. Dustin slaps on a sleeper to Arn as time ticks down for the ne- next entrant. The next entrant is Terry Funk, who wants a chair in the ring but forgets there's a roof on the cage, so when he throws a chair... It just bounces off the roof, so he won't get his chair. Instead, he takes his boot off, so he can hit everyone with boot shots, but now he's going to wrestle in a sock and one boot. So Why didn't Terry... he just bring it with him? Good point. Just I don't. There's no there. DQ, so just Throw that it out there. You. The ref's not going to grab it out of your hand while you're trying to go into the cage. So everyone's getting boot shots, and Brian Knobs comes in for the faces, and then... Sags nearly kills Terry Funk <laughs> as he decides to pile drive him in the crease between ring one and ring two. And he falls all and the way yeah, through. Funk goes right through, <laughs> crashes to the floor, and I was just shocked that this man made it back. <laughs> he to disappeared. The ring. Legitimately really scary. Went stuff. into the dark abyss. Knobs runs wild when he comes in and grinds Arn's face into the steel. The faces have the heels reeling as they await the help of Colonel Parker. Colonel Parker begs not to enter the match, but he has to. And actually, get some shots on Dustin while Buck has him cornered. Arn hits a spine buster to Jerry Sags, and Parker tries to use his belt, but Dustin grabs it, uses it on the heels instead. Huge Dusty chance for Dusty's entry. Dusty comes in, gives elbow to all the heels, throws him into the cage, wants Colonel Parker all to himself, Ming, he can't break into Steel Cage. No, no, no. He wants to, but he can't. And so the face is quadruple team Colonel Parker. A figure four to Colonel Parker from Dusty and the Nasties drop elbows on him. The refs call for the bell and save Colonel Parker's life here and in the match mercifully. Oh, and mercifully, Colonel Robert Parker was not going to be getting up until every fan had left the building. Because he shit himself. Yes, he shit himself. That's what Dusty Rhodes said on the War Games DVD. So that's what... He was so scared in that match that Ron Fuller, a legendary wrestler of the Southeast on a national stage, shit himself live on pay-per-view. I don't know if it was so much fear as the Nasties dropping constant elbows to his midsection... That might that the man might had do no it too. Control that might of do his it bowels and yeah. and well, I mean in white too. He's wearing white, so you know that stain's not going away. 
Yeah, so that was the end of War Games. Not a bad War Games match. No! It actually over-delivered, yes. considering I thought it was going to be terrible. Yes. Uh, based on who was involved, but over-delivered, no blood, no big... no big. Uh, Nothing nasty. major, but it was it was good. It was good. Probably wouldn't have ordered the pay-per-view based on this main event. Really? Yeah, this wasn't a big selling point for me. The return of, of Dusty Rhodes wouldn't... No, just because, wow. I mean... I would have. I would have been too young to even know who Dusty... I, mean, I wouldn't have known the legacy or anything. I think for the live crowd, it was a big... I mean, he got a huge reaction oh, when he yeah, came he in. Uh, but for me, not having the championship belt on the show is a real big negative. Even if Hogan was just going to face a jobber or whatever. Like, yeah. Not having that on there. The triangle match... Made up for it because it was a really good. It overdelivered. Yes, but it wasn't the top build match. So maybe if, and maybe also if it had been an actual number one contenders match. But the rest of the card, oh man, just some big mistakes with Cactus Jack and Stunning Steve. Those are almost unforgivable. So yeah, uh, I think there's two matches worth checking out. I probably would just check out the triangle match and skip the main event. Really. I don't know. Cactus and Sullivan, though, even though it was a a messed up, bad idea to have him lose that match, is a really good match still. Don't know about that. I'm still just going to pick two matches out of this. So uh, the uh, main event and the co-main event and skip the 15-minute Hogan and Flair interview. Although you'll be getting all of it here in this podcast because I'm really lazy and I'm going to stick that in here. Exactly. On our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you rank Fall Brawl 1994? Colonel Parker. I'm going to give it a Jerry Sags. Okay. Because he, he had some moments there, but he was never going to get over as a single star. Well, hopefully so, my Colonel Parker won't shoot himself in the ring. So. Yes. All right, Patrick, it's your pick for next week. Where are we going? Well, our fan... That uh, our fan has picked one. Uh, one our of, single fan. One well, of one of our journey. one of our thousands of fans has picked one out, and we love Michael Vincent. And so Michael Vincent has asked for a request for us to cover ECW's Gangsta Paradise from 1995. Uh, that sounds like it's gonna have New Jack in it. So. It, I, Guess what? It does. Okay. <laughs> Great. All right, that'll do it for this week. Head over to powerslam.tv. They've reduced their price. It's only $5.99 now per month. And if you enter the promo code Retro Wrestling, you get a month for free. Free? Free. That's always the best price. All right, that'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying as always. My clothesline's a clothesline. And bingo bingo. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only five. $5.99 per month. 
Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.